Welcome to the wheelbarrow full of dicks internet radio program. It's Spooky Mop. My name is Mike. I am joined by my good friend, Mr. Drunkard STL on the Twitter. Hello. And the king of pranks, the albino alligator. The man o spice. Jaguar impressive. Popcorn bitch. Coach T. The Duke of Denim. Halloween Harry. Mr. Travis Hulse is here, everyone. Hi, Travis. Hello. Guys, the phone number to contact the show is 636-487-HAND or WFOD show on Skype. Travis, I I, uh, I have an interview to share with you guys coming up after the break. We uh, we, we talked to Vernon Wells, uh, the uh, Australian actor who you might know from fucking Commando or uh, Mad Max 2, uh, the Road Warrior, uh, or he was in fucking Weird Science. Or his new one, Travis, is called uh, Frost. And uh, mm. well, let me tell you, Travis, Vernon Wells is a fucking delight. He was. That's uh, wonderful to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he played a bunch of bad guys, Travis. You think he'd be a big dickhead. Be not 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 dickhead at all. Really nice man. It was it was a pleasure to talk to him. Oh, one, one, I'd say, Travis, one of my favorite ones that we've done. Oh, I mean, back in the day, you used to get typecasts. If you're a bad guy, you're always a bad guy. Yeah. And he does kind of have a bad guy face. You know he's got that face, and he's got that Australian accent. You know, I don't. I don't think he, he his goes away, Travis. I think he's always Australian. Just always has it. Doesn't. Yeah, like you remember when uh, Sean Connery played a, a Russian, but you're like, no, Sean Connery. <laughs> you're still speaking <laughs> Scottish. <laughs> he's like, no, man, I'm Australian. That's what I do. You want yeah, an Australian I'm, guy? You call me. Yeah, I'm not gonna hide it. Uh, you cast me for me, and you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get my accent. So what? Charles, we're, we're entering like a weird time though, where you, you can't pretend you're something else. Like you can't. No. Uh, you have to be the thing you are. Like this uh, right. this Texas Pete thing. Ridiculous. You saw the Texas Pete thing, right, drunk? I saw the snippet on Twitter. So this motherfucker in uh, California, he's suing. A hot sauce, Travis, because the name of the hot sauce is Texas Pete, and it's not really uh, made in Texas. So, like, who's this Pete? That's a f- 
frivolous lawsuit if I ever heard one. So ridiculous. <laughs> so why why does everything gotta get spoiled by a few dickheads? Yeah, you the, know? Remember, remember the commercial back in the day trying New York City? Yeah, I certainly do. Was <laughs> <laughs> was that Pace Picante? Mm-hmm. Well now was Pace Picante made in New York City and like they were saying that about themselves or No. Pace Picante was made in El or uh uh, so they were saying El Paso. we're fucking authentic. We're El Paso. Fuck other yeah, sauces. Exactly. Okay. We're authentic and old El Paso is not. Old El Paso is made in New York City, but we are old El we are El Paso, but we're Pace Picante. Yeah, so fucking uh Texas Pete uh is a is a mascot, Travis. Uh and, and it's supposed to have Texas type spice. You know, because you, you, you want a certain kind Which of spice. I've, I've never had it because they don't really have it up here. But I hear it's a lot like Louisiana hot sauce. They sell it at the Dollar Tree. Do, I think I have you know. I think I have a bottle drunk. We, we might have to try it. We'll uh, we'll dip some something in hot sauce. What can we dip in hot sauce? Yeah, I'm sure you got a tortilla chip, right? Yeah, just, just to get a taste. Oh. Yeah, well, maybe we'll do that uh, on, on the sh- next show. Well, I, we'll I try us some Texas like, Pete. And see if it tastes like North Carolina or if it tastes like New York I think, City. I think it tastes like Louisiana. Louisiana? Yeah. Can you say something's Louisiana hot sauce without it being from Louisiana? I'm sure you can. Travis, you want to take a pass at saying that? Louisiana? Louisiana. I, I, believe, I feel like Tabasco tastes like Louisiana. I don't understand. I, like, I need to go to bat for these brands. One of my favorite dill pickles... Uh, is Milwaukee dill started here in Wisconsin, um, perfected, uh, some could say, um, and then it was bought by uh, a different company and then it was bought by Conagra brands, right? They're still called Milwaukee dills, but they are made in New Jersey. Um, but they were originally made in Milwaukee. Uh, can I sue Milwaukee pickles? The situation where this guy wins the lawsuit, absolutely you can. Because yeah, I mean, they're, they're, that's just going to open the floodgates for people uh, suing brands because they're uh, <laughs> they're passing themselves off as something that they're not. Frosted I guess. flakes weren't really made by a tiger that walks on two feet. <laughs> no, they're not, but he's great. So he bought a $3 bottle of hot sauce at a Ralph supermarket. And he got it home. And he's like, this is bullshit. Why did they say Texas Pete's was uh, no? And so now he's suing. Like, wouldn't they just give him his $3 back? Yeah. Sued yeah, over, right? Here you go. Yeah. You bought a $3 bottle. We'll give you your $3 back. What does Texas hot taste like anyway? I don't know. Uh, I make a, a Nashville hot chicken drunk with a recipe that I... Uh, checked out i checked a book out from the library and yeah. i photocopied the page so that i could continuously make my uh, nashville hot chicken because one time i was in nashville i had nashville hot chicken with some mac and cheese on it and it was really fucking good and so i decided i wanted to make my own yeah but i am not from nashville but i'm also not selling it but if you pass it off to a, a house guest and say hey would you like to try this nashville hot chicken is that you pretending that you got it from Nashville? No, you 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 created that in your own kitchen. Uh, you, you would have to call it love. Nashville style hot chicken. Oh, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Travis, I think at this point all the lawsuits that could have happened have. 
And they just need to be like, okay, if people have won a lawsuit for the same kind of thing that you're dealing with, then we'll talk about it. But you can't make up new stuff. Like, we can't sue Texas Pete, so just uh, stop it. And that's the, the, it's called Texas Pete because Texas Pete is the mascot. Uh, that mascot is from Texas. Lawsuit over. And by the way, Marvin Gaye is dead, so we can steal all his music now. <laughs> like, once you die, we can have your music. Yeah, it's, it's public domain. How, how much of Marvin Gaye's music do you think Marvin Gaye actually fucking owned? Like Marvin Not. Gaye's family, Travis, at this point is like trying to get $100 million from Ed Sheeran. Like he already got That's all of... Because uh, he didn't have his own money. He already got fucking uh, Robin Thicke's money. He won that. I don't know how. Doesn't make any fucking sense. And now he's he's suing Ed Sheeran. Because all, the, all those white boys in Motown took all their money. A hundred. So is that what it is? Is it, It's like Absolute, revenge. Absolutely. So We're coming for you, Sheeran. You're going to pay the price for what <laughs> Motown did. It's music reparations, Travis, is what it That's is. Right. Uh, That's right. Thousand percent. Getting that There's little, little about, ginger uh, boy. The- there's there's something about these musician estates that just seem real grimy to me, right? Like as soon as somebody dies, and if if like the estate, like even the prince estate, just seems, you know, they're 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 trying to do the right thing, I guess, uh, keeping like the prince alive. They're putting out more music, but you know, all of it is just for the money, right? Oh, yeah, like I sure. mean, it, it just seems so did, filthy. Didn't Tupac put out more albums after his death than before? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Elvis is still putting out shit. They're still finding shit Elvis did. I don't know how. Every handful of years, they find some vault that they didn't know existed and be like, oh, shit. Just new Elvis music brand, in here. Brand new Nirvana. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, I, I mean, legendarily, Travis, uh, Prince's whole house was wired for sound, and he just had like a vault full of shit. So I think we're going to get Prince stuff for yeah, we definitely are. And and yeah, he, he has, I mean, and they've released some of it. Like there was an a, absolutely an entire vault of music that he never wanted to release because it was not finished or not up to snuff. Um, I, you know, I, I would imagine that our grandchildren will be listening to new Prince music. Right. To and he didn't want to release it, but it's coming out. Yep, that is that <laughs> sneaky estate. Gonna put it out there for you. And Michael Jackson, he's gonna be putting out stuff forever. We're just, and then, you know, every now and then we're gonna make another movie about him. Like uh, we gotta keep making uh, Ted Bundy movies. We gotta keep uh, people, making. People uh, are over the Michael Jackson thing, ain't they? It'll keep coming out drunk. It'll but, come out forever. But he's a pedo. I, I still want to see that uh, Michael <laughs> Jackson movie matter. that they shelved with uh, him taking that cross country road trip with. Uh, oh, after nine with- eleven. Yeah, it was like, wasn't it like Marlon Brando and like uh, Liz Taylor or some shit? <laughs> yeah, they, they got in a car and took a road trip, uh, but then they shelved it because a white guy was playing Michael Jackson. Well, who else mm-hmm. would you get to play Michael Jackson? Are you going to paint a black guy white? You got to yeah, do that's, something. That's the problem. You it's just, just got to make a call, Travis. You do. And I think you stick to your guns. I think you make it a woman. You get a, a black woman, paint her white. And have her play Michael Jackson. Remember that Bob Dylan movie? Didn't they have like 60 people playing Bob Dylan, including females and different races? Yeah, Tilda Swinton played it, I think. But I I think that was the point. I think it was supposed to mean something. Like, you know, metaphorical, Travis. Mm. Like she was Mm -hmm. a metaphorical Bob Dylan. Oh, okay. Okay. 
You know what like I'm saying? She was, she was portraying uh, a certain essence of Bob Dylan, not Bob Dylan himself. Yeah, Dylan essence. But that guy, he was like playing like Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. Hee hee. Wow, Travis, you're pretty good. That's not, that's not a bad Michael Jackson impression. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to say, you're just doing the South Park thing. <laughs> Blanket. Blanket. So it's Let's Get It On that he was copied. Travis, did we do this one? Ed Sheeran and, and Marvin yeah, Gaye? Yeah, I feel so. like, didn't they come after him for something else? Or is this is this continuing uh, this is what we thi- talked about before? This is the thinking out loud. Well, I remember he put out an album a couple of years ago that like every fucking song had a lawsuit attached to it. There was like six Ed Sheeran lawsuits all going at the same time, and hmm. then he just he just said, "Oh, I'm not going to do music anymore for a couple of years," and then he just made more. Yeah, so this one's "Let's Get It On" and "Thinking Out Loud." Yeah, did we do that one? I think so. Oh, why is it new news then? Maybe it's going. I was about to say they're giving yeah. a verdict. It's I the think. next step, Travis. You know these things; they take a while. I don't think they've even put that guy who shot up the Batman movie on trial yet. <laughs> no, yeah, you're probably right. Justice is real fucking slow, man. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. The our system is not designed to uh, uh, unleash its justice uh, in a timely fashion. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're innocent, you got to wait a really long time. To where he might as well have just been guilty. I mean, like Ed Sheeran doesn't know if he can buy that boat or not because he's got to come up with a hundred fucking million to give to Marvin Gaye's kids. That's the thing. I mean, we're really we're prohibiting Ed Sheeran from living his best life with this thing. Kind of sucks. That Leave that fucking, fucking weird looking ginger alone. Travis, he's going to get to an age where like it's not even fun anymore. You know, this is the time that he needs to be out spending that money. Exactly. He's in the he's in the prime of his life right now. We're, we're going to go to break. We're, we're talking to uh, Vernon Wells here coming up after the break. He's in a movie called Frost. I think it comes out on video on demand uh, like in the next week or so. So uh, check that one out. Uh, Travis, Shock, shocking ending. Shocking. No, spo- Travis, no spoilers. Uh, boy, well, I'll tell you, Travis. Shocking ending. You watch the first long time of that movie and you think, oh, this is a certain kind of movie. And let me tell you, Travis, it ain't that kind of movie. Whoa. Ooh, hee. I guess it's coming out on Blu-ray, too, because they sent you one, didn't they? Uh, yeah, I actually got a DVD copy of it. Oh, it's on it's on DVD? Oh, uh, yeah, that's all I ever get, DVDs. All right, we're going to go to break. We'll talk to Vernon Wells, and we'll uh, see you in a minute. Woo! Hee-hee. Back home, you had other things to get you through the day. Job. Music. Friends. Maybe we could go up to the lake. Rug up. And uh, we could probably get some really good quality time together in. Sure. My pregnant daughter and I have had an accident. I need emergency medical assistance. When the sun goes down, it's going to get really cold, really fast. Your body's probably having a really hard time keeping you warm. And then we'll leave for help. What? We've got a storm coming in. You're having a touchy. If anybody can hear me, please. Mimi's coming. Hungry. And the baby's hungry. 
<laughs> Hello, me. It's me again. Hi. I'm Chucky. Wanna play? We believe this is the only universe. It's not just one universe. There's a multiverse. I am your buddy until the end. Hi. I'm Chucky. And I'm your friend to the end. What did you do? I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Chucky. Into the Chucky-verse. Coming soon. No, my reputation will not be tarnished at an early age if I'm labeled a negligent paper boat owner. Hiya, Georgie! Do you want to start a podcast? No! Come on, Georgie! Don't you want to review movies? We all review movies down here. My parents told me I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. It's different when you're talking to a lot of strangers, though. Where's the rest of them? All over the world, Georgie. Don't you want to be a spokesman for Sherry's Berries? We can monetize, Georgie. I gotta go. Wait. I'll let you play with the reverb. Listen to all this reverb. That's self-indulgent. Nobody cares that you know how to work your audio effects. Do you want your boat back, Georgie? Yeah, I guess so. Come on. Take it. A clap of thunder. A bolt of lightning. A single raindrop. And then, once again, WFOD, wheelbarrow full of dicks. Welcome back. Our guest tonight is an actor who co-starred in Commando, one of the greatest films ever made, and over 200 other movies. His latest is a thriller called Frost, available now on digital and DVD. The great Vernon Wells is on the program. How you doing? 
Good. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great, man. It's it's an honor to talk to you. Oh, seriously? My wife's sitting across the office. You'll have a vomit effect if we're not careful. <laughs> I uh, I just watched the, the movie, uh, Frost. It's, yes, what do you think? Man, it, it uh, really took a took a turn there at the end, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Don't want to spoil anything, but man, it... Uh, Ooh. Oh, I know what it is. It's okay. Yeah, we're seeing it. We're going actually to the opening on Wednesday night to see it. Oh, I'm have you not? Have it. you not seen it yet? No, I haven't nope. seen it. Wow, I haven't seen anything. Uh, I I can tell you, uh, you don't die. Oh, great cool. liar! <laughs> <laughs> I know I die. I would do in the role. Damn it! Um, I I just I got a couple of they sent me a couple of the reviews and one of them was really really nice and uh, said that um, you know I was talking about to Benny uh, carrying the movie in the last half and how wonderful the whole thing was and they said and the um, although he doesn't have as much screen time Vernon Wells as always proves how brilliant an actor he really is well, that's that's pretty true and this is this is kind of a different thing for you because you're usually a bad guy not a bad guy I, I was actually kind of uh yelling at the lady through the whole thing is a don't trust him <laughs> he's, he's up to something <laughs> that's nice i'm her father and you you're telling me i'm up to stuffing that's <laughs> not good at all what what do you what do you think it is i guess you started off playing bad guys and so they just kept asking you to play bad guys well i think i got kind of shoehorned in as well i mean you know you do wes it, it kind of um creates a whole precedent of, of who and what you are which took a long time to break away from in fact it got to the point where i actually walked away from acting for a, a while but unfortunately um acting is uh part of my life so i came wandering back but I always wanted to do more to me the villain I know how to play the villain yeah I wanted to expand and then a friend of mine a good director who's passed away unfortunately John um he said to me one day I'm doing a Jekyll and Hyde and I want you to play the uh good guy and I went Jekyll and Hyde aren't good guy he said you're not playing Jekyll and Hyde and I went oh great I'm not playing Jekyll and Hyde. um <laughs> And uh, he said, you're playing Jekyll's best friend, the one who tries to save him. And I went, no, I couldn't do it. I can't do it, dude. That's a good guy. You know, there's no way that's going to work. Yeah. And he said, well, I got news for you. You're going to do it. And it was terrifying. I mean, serious to God, it was for me. It was terrifying because playing the villain, it's never me. It's always a character that I invent. Right, you know, right. I get inside of. It's fun, though, isn't it? Is it? Is it more fun? You know no. what? It's it's well to me. Acting's more fun, but playing yeah. the villain is yeah, is a lot of fun because there's no limitations on a villain. You know, the villain can do anything. He's he's a villain for sure. goodness sake. Yeah. Whereas the uh, good guy or the 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 hero type always has boundaries that he has to stay within because you know he can't go outside and just start killing people for no good reason. <laughs> Whereas the villain can. Um, and that was the fun part of it. But the funny thing was, once I started playing um, the hero types, like the good guys, I suddenly realized that there was so much depth of character within that that particular genre that I never, ever even explored. Yeah. And it became this 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 thing that I loved. I loved doing it. I loved getting involved in it. And I get more and more. I've played, let me think, in the last three years, I've played three grandfathers in movies with kids. 
Uh, I've done five kids' movies, and I've played two priests, and I played the father in um, Frost with uh, Deveni. And I just love it. It's just like this whole working with kids is, is a is a kick for me because, as you probably realize, I did the the series with the kids for a year on television. Well, you were uh, uh, you were the bad guy on Power Rangers too, weren't you? So that's kind oh, of a kids thing. Uh, I, I, but you kind of have to be a little different with that, I guess. You can't be too terrifying. You know, the funny thing was is that when I first started, I I kind of said, you know, I'll tone this down and do it, and I went, what? Yeah. No, you won't. Do it the way you normally do it. And I said, well, wait, I normally do it. It's going to scare the bejesus out of me. And they said, that's the whole point. And so he actually became that the character was the way. And the kids loved, they, they, the, the other actors in the series um, all reacted to that. And it became this competition of, of, of every time I was on set, which was every day. Yeah. They they would try to outdo me no matter what it was. If I was just going to sneeze, they'd all sneeze to make sure that I didn't do the best sneeze. You know, it was just hysterical for the whole twelve months. So you said and, you you um, said you walked away for a while, it, and, and then yep. you came back. I guess did did you miss it? Did you think yep. you wouldn't miss it, and then you did? Um, I walked away out of frustration a long long time ago. Yeah. Um, when I was a lot younger and and a little less inclined to accept what this business is, I walked away in frustration because I I started to think that I was just a cardboard cutout. In fact, one day I was so frustrated with something I said to the director, "You know, I could send you a six foot carbon copy of me that you could cut <laughs> out and put on the set." That'd be and great if you could just send that guy to work and yeah, just pull it around with a piece of string, and I'll just yeah. get on the phone and dial in the dialogue. I was frustrated with the whole thing that I could not get that weight around my neck, which was Road Warrior and then Commando. Yeah. I couldn't get that weight off my neck that was holding me down, and it was frustrating. The and anyway, eventually, you know, I, I went, you know, I can't do this. I've got to get away from this, and I left. But as I tell people when I'm teaching, is um, once you get into this business, you'll find that acting is the worst drug in the world. It's more powerful than cocaine, ice, or anything else. Once it gets into your blood, it doesn't get out. And that was the point, is that I couldn't get away from it. I couldn't walk away from it. I came back, and um, I then started to to pick ways that I, if I had to play the villain, then I wanted the villain to be very unique. There yeah. had to be something about him that was different. You couldn't look at him and say, oh, yeah, that's just the same. Well, you make it fun for yourself. Yes. Yeah. I had to, I had to be able to, like in Frost, you know, mm -hmm. I had to, even though he's a good guy, I had to work out a way of making that character lovable, yet gruff, yet, you know, he's a father, hasn't seen his daughter for a long time. He sees her, she's pregnant. He's like, oh, what the hell? Um, so and then what is that drug? Is it like, uh, just flexing your imagination muscle or, or what, what is it? Do no, you it's think? the adrenaline. Oh. I get an adrenaline rush every time I go on the set. Cause it makes you a little uh, nervous. Nope. I've never been nervous in my life, which oh. is weird. Yeah, that is um, I, I have no nerves when I, I have more nerves when I'm auditioning. I'm the worst auditioner on God's given earth because I am full of nerves when yeah. I'm auditioning. When I'm on the set with a crew and the cast, and I, I'm, I'm in that situation where there's all that testosterone and energy and yeah. everything running, I am in heaven. I just go, man. I just go. I had the, the, the greatest compliment I've ever had in my life 
uh, given to me by a, a 19 year old actress who is brilliant. She is just so brilliant. I just adore her. And I was working with her in a film and I went to see the um, screening and she was there. And she came up to me and she said, Vernon, I want to tell you something. And I said, what sweet one? And she said, working with you is like doing a master class. <laughs> that's that's a good compliment. That again. was the greatest comment I've ever had, like said to me in my life. I just stood there and went, oh, my God, that is just so amazing that, that somebody would say that. And I think that's what it's all about is that we get to a point of where we forget how much effect we have on people around us. And we have to keep remembering that the things we do affect other people. So we can't go on the set and be a total ass. We have to go on the set and be very professional and, and um, nice to everybody and help everybody and do your job and have respect for the director and producers. I've worked with too many people in my career who are the exact opposite, which always hurts. Oh, name names, Vernon. No naming names. <laughs> No naming names. I still have a lot of films to do. No naming names. <laughs> you do. Your your IMDb is crazy. You have like 55 movies that are coming out. Uh, I, I know. It's just ridiculous. Um, do you I, work every day? Basically. Yeah. I, get, I, I just get hired continuously, which is wonderful. Yeah, it's a good problem I, to have, I, I guess. Know, I, I bless my whole career and those people around me, you know, my whole life is because of my mother and my grand, I grew up with my grandfather on a little tiny farm in Australia. My mother was a single mother and my mother was a songwriter and she wrote songs uh, for people in the, um, in Australia was country and Western. We didn't really at that stage when I was young, that young have a, a budding big time, rock and roll scene that was starting to happen but it wasn't big there was a, a lot more country and western and she wrote country and western songs which were done by slim dusty and other people in australia and i always felt that 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 was my career because i would follow in the footsteps of my mother because that's generally what happens is that 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 is passed on generation to generation oh, sure, yeah. so that's what i would do and i did for probably four or five years, um, I was a lead vocalist with some quite big bands in Australia. And, uh, is that, is that music yeah. out there somewhere? Can, can I, can I hear some of your, uh, music? Is that anywhere uh, on the internet you, or anything? You would have to be the greatest, uh, uh person in the world. Oh. Find <laughs> most of it being destroyed. Um, I had a lot of stuff that my mother had yeah. at her house when she passed away. My brother inadvertently trashed it. Oh. And I went, you didn't like me, huh? <laughs> he was very upset about it because it was, it was totally an accident. But um, I, I, when I, I kind of went, I, I never wanted to be an actor. What I wanted to be was a director. I, I loved being behind the camera. There was this fascination with, with building a story that, yeah. that really got to me. And so I would hang out on any set I was on with the camera crew, watching what they were doing, asking questions. You know, I was always involved in their whole thing. And I eventually formed a company in Australia to shoot commercials and um, work documentaries. 
uh, which um, was my outlet into being a director, which right, was right. really, really cool. And I loved it. And I got to do a couple of, you know, little films, nothing that ever went anywhere. Was but, that just um, kind of a thing, a, hey, I already have the camera, I might as well do something with it? Yeah, kind of kind that of, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. But that, that was where I felt that I was going to stay for, you know, it was something that I really enjoyed doing until right. Sandy Gore happened to see me in a stage play that I never wanted to do. <laughs> it got asked, got, got pressured into doing by management and things. Um, yeah. And she happened to see a performance and rang George and said, you got to come see this guy. He is Wes. And um, that was the end of my directing. So George you... decided I was better off in front of the camera. <laughs> and so, I mean, that was your first movie. How do you, yep. how do you recover from that? Like when that, I imagine the production of the road warrior was just, nuts to where then i mean do you expect all movies to be that nuts then if, nope. if that's your first experience or you knew you were making something crazy yeah i mean we we everybody on that that film knew that we were making a special little film we never expected it to go where it went of course but we all knew we were making a special little film and um when i finished i went back to directing um oh. i'd had my 15 minutes of fame and I was happy, contented, and it was like, wow, that was cool. Right, that was shot in Australia, right? Yep, so then was, you were fine just staying in Australia. Yep, and, I was a happy dude. And Hollywood said, no, no, Vernon. Uh -huh. You got to yes. get out here. Joel, Joel Silver said, no, Vernon, you're coming to America. And I said, Joel, go jump <laughs> off a small cliff. Um, I would not come to America. I just kept saying no. And um, the funny story about that is that I know all the kids that were in uh, Weird Science very well. And we were doing a question and answer at a convention one day, and someone said to me, so how did they get you to come to America and to do the film? The, the scuttlebutt is you didn't want to come to America. And I said, no, I didn't. I refused to come. In fact, every time Joel Silver rang my agent and she rang me, I'd say no. And he kept offering more money. And I said, you know, I, I, I just to me, it was like an American thing. Give him enough money, he'll come. And I didn't want to do it. So yeah. I kept saying no. And eventually um, my manager said to me, you know, dude, you're the only one I've ever had that I feel could make it. Please do me the honor of going so that I'll see if, you know, if right. it was done. And so I came and I did the show. Well, apparently every day after the phone call, he would walk onto the set and 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 just go off. And all the kids would, you know, like that bloody Australian. Who the hell does he think he is? He's no bloody star. He can't do that. And he, every day. And they said it was the funniest thing. And eventually, when I said yes, he was as proud as a peacock because he thought he had finally won. Yeah. And it was just this whole stupid because no one said no to Joel Silver. So then you went to America to do this. And, and were you bouncing back and forth for a while or? Uh, well, while I was here doing that show, Joel asked me if I would go and meet the director uh, for his next project, which was with Arnold Schwarzenegger called Commando, which I did. And the director said, no, he'd already cast the role and that, yeah. uh, that was the way it would be. So I went back to Australia. And about three months later, I got a phone call saying that they wanted me to come to America because I was doing the film. And that was kind of a panic situation because I had 24 hours to get my life in order, get on an airplane and fly to Los Angeles, which I did. And I came back and I did Commando, 
then I was actually heading home again and uh, Steven Spielberg's people asked me to come in and see Joe Dante for um, Inner Space. Wow. And when I got that, I went, that's it. So I'm it, not back home. I'm staying here. It, is, that a, is that advice that you give to young actors is act like you don't want it? You just no, keep acting like I, you don't want I it. I actually didn't act like I didn't want it. It was... At that stage in my career, in my life, it was something that wasn't a burning ambition, yeah. if you understand. So I didn't have this burning ambition to do it. Um, what I tell people when I'm teaching is it's very simple. It's the hardest business in the world, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to destroy you one way or the other, and you've got to be strong enough to resist. And I was fortunate in the fact that I had done four films in a row, which were major films and became major, you know, blockbuster. Right. So I had that behind me. There's not a lot of people get that. And then suddenly realize that here I was getting all this wonderful stuff and I was treating it like crap and that I should grow (laughs) up and just get my act together. And that was basically where it all changed. And I went, okay, I got to take this seriously. And I went in, and of course, I couldn't get anything but villain roles, and that sort of was a very downer for me. But then once I started playing any of the roles, um, you know, the last few years, for instance, I've done more films in the last seven or eight years than I've done in my my career, and I'm now at 370-something films. Yeah, just like working. My wife just said, crap, you've done 12 um so um 12's a lot i mean that's of the 12 of the 12 films i've done i'm very proud of all of them damn it like you said i have so many films coming out right i mean the, it, it's, you got a it's vault ridiculous yep and and frost was one of my favorite favorite films to do i i adore Davini. i've done a film with her before and her and her husband and um when I got the got asked if I would do that, I just I was like over the moon. And when they told me there'd just be the two of us in the film, I went, "Oh shit!" Yeah, that's... Um, this is going to be fun, and it worked. I mean, it worked. It's just I, everything I read about it and hear about it, it worked. So um, I'm I'm as happy as a clam. And Wednesday night, I'm going to take my wife and make her sit down and watch all the gory bits at the end. Damn it! Yeah. Guys, October 11th, it's going to be on Blu-ray and digital. It's called Frost. Uh, Vernon Wells is in it. Vernon, you mentioned Commando. I got to ask you, do you you ever just wish that just Bennett shot everybody? I mean, he he had it. I'm a big Commando guy, Vernon. I have to ask. I mean, like, you had Alyssa Milano, and then Arnold's all like, oh, let's have a knife fight. He should have just shot him, right? Yeah, that's true. I agree totally with you. Um, it was just, but they they built that character into this mano a mano. You know, he he wouldn't shoot him. He would have to prove he was better. Ah, he doesn't have to prove anything. He could tell him he had to fight with him later. Nobody's going to be there to know that he just shot him. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I should I should have lived. Damn it! <laughs> As um, the bad guy, I guess you, you died on in movies a lot. Do you have uh, like a one that stands out to you as like your favorite on screen death? Actually, strangely enough, it was a little film I did in South Africa uh, many, many years ago. And I had at the end of the film, I had this amazing fight scene with the hero. 
and it's it it's with knives and it's in this um house like in this room in this uh, large room in this house and it's really uh intense and finally he knocks me backwards and uh, no sorry he had the knife i oh. knock him backwards onto a table and his arm goes behind him and i grab his arm and i slam it into the table and knife goes through the table so he's now defenseless okay so now i'm gonna cream his butt and he manages to push me or you know like kick me into a, a position where i hit the table and the table falls over as the table falls over i fall onto it and of course the knife goes straight through me oh jeez and they had this thing where which i love that didn't end it i pull i get hold of both the legs of the table and i start to pull myself off the knife and you actually see the knife going down through my body as it comes out and I get all the way to virtually up, and he puts his foot on me and pushes me back. Oh, and you see the knife come back out through my body. That, to me, was the greatest death scene I ever had. I just loved it. It was so well done. Guys, the movie, it's called uh, Frost. It's on Blu-ray and digital October 11th. So uh, yes. get that. Uh, the, the premiere, you're going to a premiere this Wednesday, Vernon? I'm going to the premiere of it at the at a, uh, a film festival in NoHo, Los Angeles. Um, and um, they're screening it. It's a big feature of the, the, the festival. And it's on Wednesday night. So I will be there doing the red carpet and with the beautiful Deveni, love of my life. And... Uh, one one person who did a review on it said that he wants to see more films with the both of us together. I'd love that. I don't think there's going to be a sequel, man. I, <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Damn I don't it. know. I don't know if they're making another one of those. Well, maybe we could go backwards. <laughs> yeah, a prequel. There you go. Yeah, prequel. <laughs> Vernon, man, it was it was a pleasure talking to you. It's, it's uh. So it, I don't want to gag your wife, but it, it's an honor to talk to you, man. So. She's now over on her desk, going, you know, with her fingers down her throat, like, yeah. Um, no, she she loves the fact that people like me, and yeah. um, I'm always honoured to talk to people. I just love, I love, I love what I do. I love the business. I love the people in it, and um, I love the people like you that take the time to talk to me. Uh, besides anything else, I think that's just amazing. And it's, you know, it's what I do. And I'm very fortunate. I'm fortunate enough to be in a career that I, I adore and be successful. And, you know, what more can you ask for? Good luck on the uh, other 55 movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Michael. I'm actually seeing three of them so far that are coming out. Oh. And the, we're off um, in uh, November to Japan for the opening of a, a Japanese film I did, which uh, is opening in Tokyo at the Tokyo Film Festival. It's a big oh uh, Comic-Con, huge Comic-Con over there in uh, October. And they're taking me over for that, which November. is absolutely amazing in November. Uh, foreign language? Did you? No, no, it's in English. Oh. It was all shot here in America, uh, but it was a Japanese director. And uh, oh. thing. and. Uh, it's it's wonderful because they're taking uh, me and my wife. My wife is Japanese American, so she's going over to see uh, her relatives who are getting very old. Yeah, uh, and uh, I think it will be just an amazing trip. So, have you, know. have you never been? Oh yeah, we've been a few times. Oh, yeah, yeah. That sounds pretty cool. 
yeah it'll be uh it'll be fun so you know there's the nice little perks occasionally from um doing these films and sure. being able to go to see the um releases but yeah I'm, I'm as happy as a clam and thank you very much for spending the time to uh, interview me it's been a ball and um have a blessed day michael you and too, the man. rest of the week and please be safe you too thank you thank you my friend Welcome back. Uh, it is spooky month. Travis, I, uh, I, I saw something on uh, Twitter that I wanted to talk to you about. And, and you, you're not a uh, podcast editor, but uh, someone asked a question about podcasting that I was a little bit interested in. Uh, they said, hey, when you uh, edit your podcast, uh, do you listen to music? <laughs> I That's a really... That interesting question yeah i thought about that travis i was like wait no what and i didn't really get an explanation travis because like what are they talking about how can you edit audio while listening to audio travis you can't do that when you're having a writing session what books do you like to read (laughs) (laughs) you trying to say you can't multitask mike I mean, like, you can multitask with, like, some things. Like, you know, if I'm listening to the podcast, like, I can, uh, you know, maybe uh, sort through my bills and shred some stuff or something. You know, I can do some stuff, but I can't <laughs> listen to other things while I'm listening to a thing. Yeah, you can multitask as long as you're using different sensory. Yeah, like, you can, sni- you can sniff a scented candle while you're listening to audio, Travis. You can right. for sure do that. I can watch something and listen to something. I can read something and listen to it. It's got to be different things. You can't, you can't, you can't use the same senses to do, do two different things. Travis, I, uh, speaking of sensory, I, I'm really curious. I, I was at the gas station and they had those, uh, Pocky one chip challenge things. Oh, and it's fucking $10 for, for like one uh, potato chip. chip. Yeah. They actually well, have those chip. in retail markets now. You they had it at the fucking quick trip, quick trip uh, sitting yeah. up on the fucking counter, Travis. It's like, hey, you want to pay $10 for this one potato chip? No, I want like is a that, whole bunch of It's not a potato chip. chip. It's a tortilla chip. And it, it, it tastes bad. And so they're daring you to eat it, right? That's the whole gimmick? Just, I don't know. I thought it was it just hot. Bad. Yeah, I mean, it's hot. It's like hot to a point where it makes you cry. Yeah. And they're daring you to eat it. They're saying, hey, this is going to make you uncomfortable. I figured you'd be all over this. This is capitalism at its finest. This is dumb yeah, as fuck. Yeah. Give us $10 no, to... $10 for one potato chip? Or I'm sorry, tortilla, tortilla chip? <laughs> Fuck these people, Travis. And their stupid one potato chip. And it's working, too. People are buying the dumb one potato chip. Of course they are. They were probably good. They probably took it home and then set up their phone, got themselves a little ring light, and, uh, oh, you they, know... They all make their tiki-takis? Make their TikToks yep, or their, their YouTube, YouTube videos. Yep. Uh, I did the hot chip challenge. I mean, that's the only reason to do it, right? I mean, you don't like go get that one potato chip and just take it home and eat it for fun by yourself. 
No, you. I mean, that's it's it's got to be shared with others. That's either a party trick uh, where everybody does it, or one person, does, or it's uh, for social media. It's no way to run a business, Travis. It's no, re- it's no way to live your life. And they sell that at the gas station. Yeah, just, uh, swing in there and get your fountain soda and your one hot chip to eat for the drive home. <laughs> then you're still hungry. But you're know. not going to eat. Your mouth is burning. Yeah. Maybe that's what they could market it through next once like everybody's been challenged. It could be like, hey, you'll eat this, and then you won't want to eat anything else. It's a hey, weight loss technique. That's not a bad idea. Hey, and it actually probably is a weight loss technique because depending on what that chip is coated in that makes it so hot, uh, will probably be evacuating a lot of things from your body. Oh, you're going to make lots of poop. Is that what you're saying, Trev? I would assume so. But you'll probably still want a lot of ice cream, too. Oh, you got to get ice cream to to deaden the flavors yeah. in your mouth. You know what else works? Uh, speak, bringing it back, uh, pickle juice. Pickle juice does, uh, I don't know if it's the vinegar or what it is, but uh, your mouth on fire, uh, drink a little pickle juice. Do you just keep some around, Travis? Pickle juice? Yeah. Always. There's always pickle juice in my mm-hmm. I drink that shit out of the jar. I love it. You, you love pickle juice? Yes. Yep. Do you mix it with anything? Like, can you can you make pickle juice uh, cocktails? Shots. Uh, yeah, picklebacks. Uh, you can actually, uh, if you, you can make uh, dirty martinis, which is typically uh, you use olive juice, but uh, pickle juice is a good substitute. Uh, my bar sells pickle shots, two bucks. They actually make uh, dill pickle vodka now, uh, among other things. Matter I would assume I have not tried it. You can, I can't get... You can get- uh, at my bar, you can get pickle, pepperoncini, or uh, jalapeno. Ooh, jalapeno juice. Mm. Travis, I got a uh, pick of the week that I want to share. You do? Yes. Um, there's a movie coming out next year. I believe it's based on a true story. Uh, I don't know the story. Uh, I haven't seen a trailer for the movie, Travis. But what I can tell you is I'm going to go see this movie the day it comes out it's called cocaine bear um that's all this about the bear that got into all that cocaine yeah like they dropped cocaine off a plane and a bear ate a bunch of it and he got really fucked up and i think he like went on a rampage of some sort Uh, does that make a bear angry what does cocaine do to a bear travis I would assume it just heightens it, you know, just it's adrenaline, it's pure adrenaline. So a bear's not going to know how to handle that. So it's probably just going to try to uh, terrorize campers. Terrorize it has a uh, Ray Liotta in it. Maybe it's Ray Liotta's last movie. Wouldn't that be great what? if a storied uh, film actor Ray Liotta's last movie was called Cocaine Bear? <laughs> maybe, maybe Ray Liotta plays the bear. Oh, even better. Uh. Maybe he's the voice of the bear. Maybe that's what happens is like the, the bear, you, you know, like they like the bear gets into the cocaine and then like his head raises up and they pause it and say, I bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> and then like the bear narrates the movie about how it did a bunch of cocaine and got really excited. You, you could you could make 10 different versions of cocaine bear and I would watch every one of them. You can make a horror movie where it's like a bear gets a bunch of cocaine and then goes on a rampage killing people. You could make a an, a, a comedy. Uh, any which way you wanted to do this movie, I would watch Cocaine Bear. Travis, that's a really interesting idea for like a uh, 
a, a series where you just get 10 filmmakers and give them a movie title and a budget. And you just say, okay, this season is going to be 10 episodes where each week a different filmmaker makes a movie called Cocaine Bear. I do I do enjoy this premise for a television program. They did do something similar to this um, on Stars, but it was just one movie. Uh, it was like a competition thing. They picked two different directors to make the exact same uh, script. Oh, uh, uh, I believe the movie. Uh, I can't remember what the movie was called. Uh, you can look it up on Google if you want. But yeah, it was two different filmmakers. I believe one was uh, a, a gal and one was a guy. And they said, here's the script. Make it. And okay, so budget. it's the same script, and then you can see the difference between two filmmakers shooting the exact same script. Correct. That's interesting, too. And you really could, even with the script. I mean, obviously, there probably would have to be some dialogue changes or whatever, but uh, movie scripts are are tonally you could make anything out of one movie script, right? Like you right. could go different directions with them. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like, do you remember when we, we talked about Clown Motel and you yeah. just pitched us the Clown Motel movie? I bet if yeah. you gave that that title to 10 different uh, filmmakers and you just said, hey, make a movie called Clown Motel, you get 10 really weird movies. I would certainly think so. <laughs> <laughs> I still really like my pitch for Clown Motel. <laughs> no, yeah, no, for sure. I, I think we need to, we need to uh, workshop that, Travis, and make Clown Motel a reality. Yeah, I agree. Drunk pick of the week. Uh, yeah, pick of the week. Good friends coming in this week. Jody B, you know. Your pick of the week is Jody. Yeah. It, Travis, me and a uh, drunk, we're gonna have dinner with Jody. Uh, oh, Jody's Thursday. coming to town. Yeah, his his mom lives really close to us. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Well, good. That's it's always nice to meet people in the flesh. <laughs> I say that uh, not knowing whether or not it goes well and whether Jody's actually a piece of shit in well, real life. Be fine. Um, it's which just, so I, it's just dinner, right? Wouldn't it be really weird if like he like kidnapped us and raped us, Travis? <laughs> like this was all like a plan to you know. <laughs> long, long, long con. <laughs> Just he's gonna, really wanted that sweet ass. He's going to roofie both of us. <laughs> if anybody's going to rave, it's going to be me, Mike. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want yeah. it to be me. Not I'm, a competition. I, I mean, Travis. Win. Yeah, Travis, honestly, if like it came down to it and I got to choose if me or drunk got raped, I would choose drunk to get raped for sure. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Well, I mean, some problem. I don't got to be bombed, but uh, better you than me. Yeah. Like, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you put yourself in one of those scenarios. It's gun to your head in a room and say, like, who's going to get raped? It's, I'm not going to say, oh, I'll take it. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. This guy over here. Right. I would Maybe he wouldn't say it out loud, but I'd, you know, give a little head nod. <laughs> Right, that's right. And then, point. then later, Travis, you'd have the deniability. You'd be like, oh, I said me. Yeah, I it, it was me. I was trying to take one for the team. He, yeah, he he tricked me. He tricked me into saying you because that's the one he really wanted to do. That's a manipulation of a kidnapper. Travis pick of the week. Yeah, Travis's pick of the week this week is a motion picture called Deadstream. Um, uh, the plot of this thing is a uh, disgraced YouTuber or uh, Internet personality uh, tries to regain uh, popularity by 
going into a supposedly haunted house and doing a live stream. Um, and then he accidentally unleashes an actual demonic spirit. Uh, very fun, very fun flick. Uh, I very much loved it. I don't see movies like that. I like this much, uh, very often. Uh, so I highly recommend Deadstream. some great practical effects, uh, some good comedy, um, watch Deadstream. It is now, uh, available to stream on shutter. Uh, Travis, my, uh, celebrity death pool pick life pool life pool i apologize um 63 year old jamie lee curtis ah yeah good pick uh because you know i'm, I'm getting with the theme i did do a tally drunk this does not include last week's show because i did it la- uh right uh, on not the one that i just posted i yeah. didn't do it on that one this okay. is the one before and uh you have 405 travis has 397 and i have 313 so i'm way behind yeah but we do have another two months and i'm thinking that you guys you guys might be in trouble i mean it, travis has mel brooks in there mm, we'll be fine. you guys got some olds then you take blythe danner she's only 77 or whatever she's pretty old I mean, I, I'm I, I'm not going super young. I'm still in the hunt. But uh, yeah, it's sixty. So sixty three year old Jamie Lee Curtis. That's going to be who I put on yeah. my list. There's no there's no reward without risk. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm not taking risks yet. Maybe the last couple of weeks I'll throw in some ninety year olds. We'll see. Okay. Drunk, who's your celebrity life pick? Uh, drunks, celebrity life pick, eighty year old Barbara Streisand. Barbara Ooh, Barbie Streisand. Did somebody already take Barbara Streisand? Well, I, I did that at the end of the episode last week, thinking I wasn't going to be here today. Oh, okay. But here you are. Here He's got a memory like a steel trap, Travis. Yeah, I can't remember five minutes ago, to be honest. Yeah, I thought of Jamie Lee Curtis like 30 seconds ago. It's just yeah. Like, yeah, I guess that'll be the one I pick. Yeah, I have to keep my list here, otherwise I'll never remember who I picked. Oh, you have a so- list going? Well, yeah, I can't. Uh, how am I going to remember who I picked from week to week? Oh, okay. <laughs> I have it on the website. Uh, yeah, then the I got to open up an internet browser. And, yeah, it's a whole thing. Who you got, Travis? Uh, Travis, this week, I think uh, Fingers I had, crossed. Uh, it was a toss-up between two. I am going to, this week, take uh, Steve Martin. Steve Martin? Steve Martin. You know, Steve Martin said the other day that that TV show he's doing is going to be the last thing he does. Do you think he knows something we don't, Travis? Yeah, no, he uh, actually had quit the acting previous and uh, only came back to do that show because he thought it was so enticing. Uh, how old did he say he was? 84? How old is Steve Martin? Uh, 70s, I would imagine. Oh, well, that's not too bad. Yeah, I don't know for sure. Maybe he's 50. I don't know. Guys, December, I'm going to start going ancient. We got to declare the age, don't you? What? You had to declare what age they are. Oh, for Steve Martin? I'll look it up. Steve Martin. Internet's going real slow, Travis. American actor Steve Martin is 77 years of age. 77? That's pretty good. Born uh, August 14th, 1945. For 77, Travis, it looks pretty good. He does look good. He He looks looks real good. He looks fine. Yeah, I mean his yeah. hair went gray when he was still in his twenties. Maybe there's something to that. Yeah, he was, he was gray when he made uh, the jerk in the <laughs> 1970s. So <laughs> maybe if your hair goes gray, it just starts worrying about other stuff, Travis. Uh, hair goes gray. Live to see another day. Amen. That's not bad. No. Guys, right we, off the dome. Guys, we did it. We uh, 
We did the damn thing. Oh, yeah. Go see Vernon Wells' movie Frost. I would imagine it's available on demand wherever you on-demand movies. Uh, and stick around guys, for that ending. Guys, Frost, it, it'll uh, catch you by surprise. A James Cullen Bressack written movie. Oh, uh, friend of the show. A James Cullen Bressack. I think... I think we talked to him for like 40 minutes about Taco Bell, Travis. I think we hit him on and we were like, hey, director, man, you want to talk about Taco Bell for a while? Yeah, that's, that's what I remember, too, is that the entire entire conversation was. I don't know how that Taco happened. I, sometimes it just happens, man. It's really weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Guys, um, uh, spooky month. It's still going on. Woo. Spooky. Right. Ooh. Flat drunks. Flat drunks. You want to do that again? I think they're still on the website, guys. Print out some flat drunks and uh, take them with you on your journeys. Yeah. Prepare yourself for Turkey Month, Hand Turkey Month. Oh, Hand yep. Turkey Month, Travis. We're gonna have to give out a prize right around that. the corner. Yep. Start get get yourself a stress ball and start squeezing away and prepping that hand for Hand Turkey Month. Woo! I'm Bill Dan, and thank you for listening to this installment of WFOD. Please subscribe and leave positive reviews on your preferred podcast player. Share the episode on social media or with one of your in-real-life friends. For links to our ever-expanding universe, including our Discord, our Twitch, and YouTube channels, and our library of back episodes, visit us at WFODshow.com. Thanks to Carl Casey at White Bat Audio for the music used in this podcast. Thanks to our Patreon sponsors, Amanda, Valerie, Brian, and Liquid. Visit patreon.com slash WFODicks to help support the show. Leave us a voicemail at 636-487-4263. Email us, Mike or Travis, at WFODicks.com, or reach out on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Goodbye.
it's over. Well. Bye. John, I'm gonna kill you, John.